This is a HeadGum Podcast. Dynamic banter. Mike and Steve are going to do bits and have some fun. Dynamic banter. Honking horns and ringing bells and making good. Dynamic banter. Don't forget the history rose. Dynamic banter. Even when we used to be in the same room together. Hey guys, welcome to the show. When we used to be in the same room together and sometimes remember that look I'd have on my face when I realized that we weren't recording. <laughs> I'll tell you that that look that I gave you is equal parts <laughs> shame and fear of how you'll it. react. <laughs> Dude, you you act like I haven't made those mistakes a thousand times i know i know but but you know dude like you don't ask for much and we don't ask for much of each other really and one of the simplest things to make this show work is to record it (laughs) dude one of the i've been reading through the comments and the reddit specifically and it seems like one of the things that people Eh. enjoy most about this show specifically is that it's recorded Yeah. Remember when we won that award? No, not really. We won an award like a really long time ago and we we had like an acceptance we made an acceptance speech. Did we really? Yeah, Where I went I? to your I went to your house and we shot a really or you or you came to mine or Did they ever mail us anything or anything? Well, I think no, but like It doesn't exist. And also they were, and and also like when you, when you like submitted your podcast, they Mm -hmm. were, they were like, and please um, deposit a fee of like $10 (laughs) to cover the cost of a, of an award if you win it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, and, um, and I don't know if a lot of you know this, but a lot of award awards, like actual awards that you can like keep in on your shelves and stuff like they don't give you those a lot of the times they go like yeah there's a prop and then they go Mm -hmm. like all right thank you and then they go if you want one it's 250 (laughs) dollars yeah 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 yeah. and that's a good um steve you bring up a great point if you ever want to get 10 bucks out of us for any reason just tell us (laughs) that we've won something (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's a guaranteed 20 bucks but anyway anyway so the point i was making was um you know i i submitted us because i think someone mentioned it to me or something i i can't remember or someone was like you've been nominated or something (laughs) and um so i I, i'm pretty sure i paid something and then (laughs) i got an email that said we won and uh and and then they were like you need to make an oh no 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 they were like you need to make an acceptance speech video for if you win because it was all going to be broadcast remotely like they weren't going to fly anybody to the podcast awards or whatever unless you're you're joe rogan video just make sure you're holding up a ten dollar bill so we know that you have it (laughs) (laughs) so we know you're good for it yeah so like so you and i did a thing dude where we both stood on camera and it was kind of like 
it was kind of like when remember when we did the thing where we listened to the episode where we talked about laughing in church yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. so it was like that and it was you and i looking in the camera and going like hey thanks for the award that's awesome we're yeah we can't believe it what does this mean i don't know Nothing. And then nothing. And then anyway, that's what that was. But the reason why I brought it up is because the reason why we won that award, Mike, is because we won um, most or, or most recorded podcast. Would I have ever thought that that was going to end like that? And what a perfect start to what will be our most recorded podcast ever about the Beatles. Please welcome, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the most recorded episode of Dynamic Banter about the Beatles. Can we say something real quick? Just real quick. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. I just want to say because I don't want to breeze by it that yesterday was one of the weirdest, most shameful (laughs) days that I've ever seen in American history in my, our lifetime, you know? Oh yeah. And there's no, there's, um, I have all these feelings as I'm sure you do as well. Oh yeah. (laughs) And, and, um, 2020 has created a weird space and I saw someone just echo this on, on Twitter recently. It's created a weird limbo space where like, you can't even even out how you might think because you can't really go see your friends because we're all not even supposed to see each other, which compounds everything, you know? And I was talking to my mom about it and I woke up with all this like sadness and anger. And my mom was just like, don't let anyone else take your happiness away. And recognizing the responsibility that we talk about at the end of every one of these goddamn recent Zoom episodes is that we're so happy to be able to um, be happiness for for you to look forward to at least for one hour out of the week. And I've been so excited to do this goddamn Beatles episode with you specifically (laughs) that I refuse to let anyone interrupt (laughs) anything else. This is a proud boy free zone. (laughs) No proud boys allowed. Four British boys only. Everyone else is at the door. (laughs) There's tight security. Yeah. Only fab boys allowed. Um, uh, I don't know if you want to say anything, but I just want to say that I appreciate you very much because you're a bringer of joy and I appreciate anyone who contributes to the bringing of joy into this weird fucking world that we live in. Yeah, dude. Um, thank you. And I appreciate you. And I, and obviously I feel the same way. I mean, um, man yeah yesterday was just like bonkers (laughs) it's just like fucking bonkers and scary and sad and embarrassing and distressing and all and so many of those things um for us here in the u.s and um it i was just you know it it was it hit me kind of hard and i was like i gotta get off the internet for a second and I went outside and I started writing in a journal and I feel really excited about that. And I don't know what my plan is, but I just was like, I need to fully disconnect right now. 
and I feel like the most analog thing I could do is sit outside and write on a piece of paper. Yeah. You I got know? a journal for you if you want it. Dude, I want it. I want it. Mike, I don't know if you guys know this, but Mike has made these journals that he was like, he's giving to his comedian friends for ideas and thoughts and things because you're a big, um, uh, uh, you're a big boy. <laughs> I, <laughs> Mike has given out these notebooks because he's tall and you guys know that. He's a big that. boy because he's an adult. <laughs> he made these books because he's an adult and you know that. Um, he's a big boy. <laughs> I keep my license in every single one of these books. No, I mean, you're, you're a big, uh, you, you stand, t- uh, <laughs> fuck. The hill you die on is, is write down everything. Like, yeah, I like writing stuff down. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's wonderful of you to be giving and do that for your friends without ask, without anybody asking you to. And it's a sweet thing. And I think that's I awesome. woke up and and with the new year and I was like, no one, you know, yesterday was a pretty good example. I feel like most people are getting kind of jaded to the point where they're like, nothing good happens. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, why not? What if just a very good very little good thing could happen. Then it might keep hope alive (laughs) for more good things to happen. Yeah. You know, but today's not about that either. No, no, but about four boys. (laughs) But here's what I want to say in kind of closing of this. Um, no, that's okay. I, I, I was talking about you and your, your project that you were working on that I think is awesome. And I definitely want one of those books, please. Cause I think that will help in furthering my pursuit of this analog way of, analyzing my life i guess i don't know i don't know what it is but i needed to feel better and i wanted and i you know alana's not here so i'm like alone in the house and i know a lot of people are alone for this so you understand that um but and i was like man i need to just fucking disconnect so i went outside and i disconnected and then i like wrote and felt so good and then like did a bunch of work and then jumped online with my friends and played video games like we've been doing every single night as a therapy session, as a hangout session, as a social fucking thing. And, <laughs> you know, you were there and and a lot of our friends were there. And I just remember being like casually playing this fucking video game with my friends laughing and shit after all the shit that happened and going like, man, did you guys just like, are you, have, you, have you guys stopped to really think about the images of those guys like sitting in the seats in like one of the most like, you know, important buildings in our country? <laughs> While one of the most important things was happening. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's just so fucking bonkers for us. Like, just quickly imagine if you're not from the U.S. and it's not affecting you in in that way, uh, in the way that it's affecting us. Think about, like, seeing total asshole idiots just, like, fucking around in some, like, important building in your country. (laughs) Dude, and I I remember, like, field trips as a little kid or family trips once in a while to Washington, D.C., because that it wasn't that far from where I grew up. And I got the feeling, based on, like, any history class or social studies or whatever, 
I got the feeling that walking around like the government center and that whole like sacred ground area and you see, you know, monuments to every world war, every war, every conflict mm -hmm. we've ever been in. Mm -hmm. And you just get the feeling that it's like this sacred ground and you're always being watched. And yeah. You don't want to like put gum on anything <laughs> or whatever because you'd be out. Or you just want to be respectful too, I guess, because it is yeah, like an I important just, I just place. meant to say like the... I felt like it was a way more secure yeah. place. That's the idea that yeah. you have growing up. Yeah. You know? Well, I and, mean, uh, and, that, and, and, it, and it, yeah. I think it can be when they when they want it to be. Yeah, and know? that's the that's the big kind of scary thing too, which is like, I mean, this isn't news to a lot of us who have been, you know, <laughs> delved into this world of of trying to navigate the insanity of of our politics and our human rights and in the united states and um it's just interesting when you're like <laughs> man i everyone can see now that like <laughs> this this is not good this is not okay and people literally wearing t-shirts that said um the in like how many people i'm sorry I, I keep forgetting how many it's like eight million jews died in the holocaust or something and and uh um they're wearing shirts that say it should have been more than that and they're and they're wearing shirts that say like you know um you know just super pro hate pro um pro hate like imagery and they're just like screaming with like bile coming out of their mouths and shit and they're just these like monsters that are are and the whole world is looking at it and and as an american citizen i'm like look i may not love this country as much as some people do but i i'm not i don't want that like i don't want no one that, wants that man. no one wants that like does anybody want that do people who voted for trump want that like I they truly, want this is why screaming get, like, brutes in our like yeah. historical important, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I don't I know. I started whatever. to get really sad because I was like, people are clearly missing something that they're getting from a very paper thin paper tiger place. And I wish yes. that those people didn't need that from that source. And I, I truly like, you know, I, I want better from, from, them and i want them to want better but who i can't you know it all goes back to like i can't control anyone you can't control anyone right right we can only right. influence the life around us right and that's what we've been doing it's and just, that you yeah. know it's it's hard that, yeah yes it's just it's hard it. to, it's hard to to consider a coexistence with people who who believe as strongly as we do in good in the in, in in what in what is best for the for the common people you know in in whatever ways we possibly can in our uh -huh. simple ways um and there's people who feel that strongly about the opposite end of that and we're coexisting with those people in this country in this world and it's just like well i don't think this is going to stop it this incident that happened this dangerous terrible thing this terrorist attack from our own fucking citizens. Um, I don't think it's going to change anything. I think it's just going to hopefully make people who want the right things to happen. And hopefully people who want 
people the most possible people to be happy and live well and and achieve their dreams will work even harder you know than they would have had this not happened uh-huh. um and and so and also we have to look at this as as some positive release of pressure on the country that was needed in a in a big way um, for for people who don't see to see and and for, um, you know, I don't know, we got to make we got to bring the good out of it. And I think that, you know, in spending time with my friends and in making things that are largely based in comedy and watching movies and doing things that I enjoy, I am finding that those are the important things you know, on top of obviously doing what you can to help in the bigger way, but like not like I can't sit on the Internet all day and be like, how worse is the world getting like I mm. my job is to be happy and and live a full life and to give that to everyone that I love. Like, that's my job. Like, that's what I want. And so, like. You know, all this other shit is just like, I got to push it away. So I took a big break and then I played video games with my friends and I freaked out about how crazy the imagery was. And then I went to bed and woke up and was like, I want to do a fucking fun podcast with my friend Mike Falzone where we talk about the motherfucking Beatles because what else are we going to do? Cry under the goddamn blankets all day? Not because of that. No. Hate you. <laughs> what are we just saying? You hate you from start to finish. Let's just sing Imagine, Mike, together. You and me. <laughs> that doesn't work. We'll take so one. Our you journey take one begins... verse, I'll take the other verse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all desaturate our images from our webcams and sing Imagine on two, three. <laughs> Wait, let's get a... I, I pulled up some um, Beatles-sounding music that isn't the Beatles. <laughs> Are we going to do that thing where we play music throughout the entire episode? No. No one's going to be able to hear it? No. But I want to do like a, hey guys, welcome to this. <laughs> <laughs> what sound is that? How do they get that sound? It's an electronic drum set. <laughs> a lot of people recognize that classic Beatles twang from the electronic <laughs> drum set that Ringo was You know, playing. Robot Ringo would play on. But um guys, so it's no secret that Mike and I are big Beatles fans, and it's certainly no secret that we talk endlessly about the Beatles at times. But recently, you know, that Peter Jackson's Beatles documentary with unseen footage is coming soon and they released a trailer and Mike and I freaked the fuck out about it and it kickstarted this kind of like, you know, every every couple of months I, I get like a Beatle mania. I don't know about you, Mike. Like, ever since I was a kid, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right, Mike? Yes, yes me too. Um, like, you know, Beatles was just in the house. My parents had records and listened to them all the time. I, I have memories embedded in my brain of my dad singing Yellow Submarine and my mom singing Here Comes the Sun and, you know, all that stuff. So great, happy memories. And so yeah. I've always loved the Beatles. You know, maybe I take a break sometimes. And I and when I had my emo, rebellious teen years, I kind of like went into the new wave stuff and like emo 
things. And but I always came back to the Beatles. And so Mike and I were um, Mike actually had the idea for us to do like, let's just dive into the Beatles for a few episodes. We'll do like Why some not, special episodes where we just talk about the Beatles. I listen to so many podcasts where it's people who um, they're like more specific niche about like specific things. Mm. And I love hearing people talk about shit that they love. Totally. You know, it's very awesome. Even totally. those, you know, that, that show where they make bids on the storage devices. Sometimes, That's the one. Yeah. So, <laughs> sometimes they'll get a piece of memorabilia in there that makes them real horny as fuck. And I love hearing them talk about that. <laughs> and you know, both of us have good childhood <laughs> memories with the Beatles, dude. Yeah, my um, <laughs> I had an uncle who played Paul McCartney in a, a Beatles like tribute band, and that was one of my first Hell concerts. Yeah. And uh, the Beatles love song album, it was just like a compilation two record set of Beatles love songs was always in my house. And I found it just by rummaging through <laughs> shit as I found everyone else, you uh-huh. know, James Taylor, Carly Simon, <laughs> Chicago, all that shit. Right. And uh, just fell in love with them. And then like my my music teacher in high school was cool enough to do like a whole section on the Beatles. Oh and my, shit. That's it, it was cool. middle school, like seventh or eighth grade. And she's the one who taught us about like all the hidden imagery and the album covers in the later years and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And so it's just always like made us happy for a long time. It's influenced the Beatles have influenced every one of our favorite bands. Everyone. Forever. Bands, artists, filmmakers, and everybody. So it almost feels like if we were gonna do a specific podcast about Cloverfield, <laughs> we have to do one about the Beatles. So we're announcing our new podcast, Dynamic Banter is going away, and we're doing a new <laughs> podcast called Dynamic Beatles. Beetle Boys. <laughs> Welcome back to episode one of Beetle Boys. I think you'll find that every other episode of this podcast dynamic banter has been erased to history. (laughs) Yeah, if you didn't save them in some way, they're gone forever. Here we go. The Um, worst personal sabotage you could ever do. (laughs) How much do you know specifically about the origin, like 1961-60 origin of the Beatles? Um, I mean, I know kind of like the abridged kind of like, um, you know, s- couple of sentences like I- I've seen like so many Beatles documentaries and I've read so much about the Beatles that I feel like more or less I know that it was first John and Paul. Yeah, I mean, specifically, uh, it was. John first. Yeah. And he had this group called the quarry men, right? Which yeah. was a skiffle group. Yeah. Do you know about skiffle? No, tell me please. Dude, skiffle was, it's basically, it's, uh, you know, obviously derived from African American music and this new Orleans blend of like jazz and folk and American influences. And, um, it was basically like the, the bridge from like jazz and blues and all that stuff to, rock and roll and it became ridiculously popular i in england and here as well um, and that was like elvis was elvis doing stuff like that kind of or? Elvis like was the first person to take it probably and, and like people like popular. jimmy page started in a skiffle band uh lead belly is a good example of somebody who played skiffle music 
um, yeah, African American musician who, you know, one of the people who made that really um, popular. And then t it was kind of like the first punk music, like when white kids heard skiffle, that was like their, oh, I don't have to listen to just this type of a music or whatever. Like I could play skiffle and that could be like, a lot of times it was um, like combinations of like electric guitar or uh, like an electrified acoustic guitar uh -huh. and like homemade instruments, like a jug or like a washboard. There's sure. usually someone in a skiffle board. <laughs> And the guy going, <laughs> and they're all getting the same amount of girls. I bet there's a guy playing the guitar as hard and as fast as yeah. he can. And the washboard the guy is like, and then there's the washboard guy who doesn't have like notes to play. So he's making contact with all the girls. And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can wash your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Come to my house and wash your panty. I can do this on your ribs and your spine. Skate, skakadoot, skakadoot, skakadoot. Skakadoot. Wearing a t shirt underneath a pair of overalls that said skakadoot. <laughs> so basically, you're 100% right. It was John, and then John was made aware of Paul as being mm -hmm. like an unbelievable guitar player. He came into the skip, the quarry men as a guitar player. Mm. Paul brought George, the bass player fucked off. So Paul switched over to bass. George was obviously a great guitar player. I don't know if George brought Ringo, but ever, all of them seem to be aware of Ringo as like <laughs> one of the best drummers in town. He played with all the best bands. Well, they played with this other guy, right? For a Pete while. Best. Pete dude, Best. That's right. I, all about Pete Best. So, dude, Ringo didn't start filling in. Uh, they would play this. They would play with the Quarrymen all over England. And then the big thing was because all these other European countries are so close, they would go to Germany and especially like Hamburg, right? So yeah. they would, that was like the big thing. Like if you're a band from Connecticut, you go to New York City, right, right, and you play in the big city for more opportunity. Basically, right. you would get good where you're at, and then go to like Hamburg and stuff. And they would play in the red light district. So if you can imagine, <laughs> like a fucking. 18 or you know 17 whatever they were oh john lennon like, hey <laughs> <laughs> tapping on the glass and stuff like that oh my goodness i wonder um, if they grew up real fast doing that i mean oh, you grow yeah, up real dude. fast playing with the boys and touring around you're in a band and you're playing in the red light district. It's like you go to all the girls, you go to the girls that you want to come to the yeah. show so in a way they were kind of like almost like preparing themselves for the like onslaught of like, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, women and people that would throw themselves at them in this like weird world of like being worshiped as Kings and shit. Well, we know we want girls. <laughs> Ninety percent of our songs will be about girls. I try to like whenever I look at footage of the Beatles in their really early days, and they're like, um, you know, I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit. Like, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like, I know that they were basically covering songs for like a really long time. They were like doing covers. Yeah. Well, there were songs that like, you know, like any new band does covers that there are songs that the audience will hear and, you know, based on how they already feel about them, 
you know, it endure, it endears you to the crowd and it's yeah. something that's guaranteed to make people dance. But they were writing songs together from like a very early age. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of their shows were comprised of like cover songs and then they'd throw in some of their originals and stuff. Yeah. At the very beginning. Yeah. But they at the very to, beginning. I mean, they're, this is the early sixties and they're world renowned by 62, 63. Yeah. <laughs> so they've been working on like, yeah. I want to hold your hand and everything for years before anyone heard it. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Right. They were workshopping um, it. So they were holding they hands. They were in the street going like, let me hold your hand really quick. <laughs> they were just walking around. Yeah. They're and trying. Paul was like looking for things to hold on to. Yeah. Yeah. They workshop. Like I want to hold <laughs> your <the> stove. <laughs> no, too hot. <laughs> I want right. to hold the bird. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> John, let me see. And, and then once Paul was able to hold John's hand, they came up with. <laughs> hold on a second, fellas. We're going about this all wrong. John, give me ye and. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hold a locomotive? <laughs> no, that's not going to work. What about I want to hold a sword? <laughs> pretty good, Ringo. Pretty good. And George is like, I want to hold a cigarette. And that was a bit a bit of brevity. A Everyone kind of laughs. Dude, I saw a um man, and we could talk about this at some point too, but I I go to the subreddit, the uh, Beatles subreddit, and there's like wacko boys and girls in there. There's some wacko mm-hmm. folks, and um, there's some really fun stuff too, though. I really love it. They most of the time it's just like here's a photo of George from you know this thing, and here's a photo of them all the boys, and here's John looking great, and it's just all really cool stuff like that. But every once in a while you'll get stuff like. Um, Here's a letter that John wrote to his first wife, like before they were married. Mm. And it's like crazy to read that because it's like this is someone's personal thoughts. Yeah. And I met one of those ladies at a convention. Once. No shit. Like Cynthia Lennon, I think it was. Uh huh. I don't know how many wives this. I know, had, I know. She <laughs> was not super great no, at being in relationships. No. <laughs> no. Probably all the red light girls <laughs> and the Siggies. But no, he wrote <laughs> he wrote this like letter, and it's like, you know, pretty interesting. He taught it's in its early days too. Like it's not. It's like um, obviously touring and stuff, but I can't remember the year exactly, but. It's so interesting to to like when you when you see the history of the Beatles and you see them doing the the like touring around in in London and Germany and all of that. And then you see that like their song hit number one on the top of the pops or whatever or the hit parade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, well, now it now it's like bleeding outside of the UK. And now you guys have to go to the US and do and promote this thing. And then the second they get there, they're like superstars already. We're getting so far ahead of ourselves. Right, right, right. But it's just so interesting how like it happens so fucking fast. Yeah, it did seem to happen pretty fast. Yeah. And then once they were on that, it's, you know, you see by the end of this and by the end of this documentary, the uh, Ron Howard documentary, mm. 
that really just covers the touring years. That's what it was about. It's called eight days a week, the touring years. And it's like once they, especially once they got here before they got here for sure. But especially once they got here, it was nonstop until like, um, uh, rubber soul came out right. Nonstop touring right. Right. at all time. And it got bigger and bigger. And it's like, they couldn't, they didn't go backwards at all. It only got bigger and then it became unbearable. So and, that's kind of like, yeah, the first <laughs> yeah. six years of the Beatles. Yeah. And the all first- the while, like their royalty and they can't do anything like you can't like imagine being like, <laughs> like the, the, the most popular thing that exists. And then you're like a young kid and then you're like. I can't do anything. And then you do that for years and years and years and years. It's like, right. yeah, yeah, of course that's going to end. But before that, they're just yeah. like good looking guys playing skiffle in the red light district. Right. right. Holding So hands. they got this drummer, this Pete Best guy. Yeah. And Pete Best, I, you know, you never hear too much from him throughout the years because he's like the Beatle <laughs> that blew it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I never, I just knew that. I just knew like growing up, like sucks to be Pete best. <laughs> really? You know? So, um, I found but out they more still about brought like, him why he was, no, man, I found out why he was kicked out of it. Well, he was the drummer for the quarry men, I think for the, the silver Beatles before they became the Beatles. Yeah. But he was very good looking and I, they replaced him when he went missing in Hamburg. So they went over to Hamburg and they straight up just couldn't find him. So they were like, Ringo, you're like the best drummer around. Can you fill in like Ringo learn the songs real quick? Obviously not that difficult. (laughs) And he came in and he was the drummer here on out. But I found an interview with John where he talks about Pete Best and kicking him out of the band. And I had never heard anything like this before. Can I read you this? Yeah, please. So John goes, this is an interview from like early 70s. He goes, by the time they kicked him out, he goes, by then we were pretty sick of Pete Best too because he was a lousy drummer. <laughs> he just never improved, you know. <laughs> just never improved, you know. Should I do it with the voice or should yeah. I just do it for clarity? Do okay. it with the voice. He just never improved, you know. There was this myth being built up over the years that he was great and Paul was jealous because he was pretty and all that crap, you know. <laughs> The only way he got into the band in the first place was to get to Hamburg. We needed to have a drummer. We knew of this guy. He had been living in his mother's house and it had a club in it or whatever. And he had a drum kit (laughs) and he could keep one beat going for long enough. So we took him to Germany. We were always going to dump him once we could find a decent drummer. By the time we got back to Germany, he trained by the time we got back from Germany, we had trained him to keep a stick going up and down for long enough, you know, four in the bar. <laughs> and he couldn't wow. really do much else. He just looked nice for the girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I think anyone who has a band who wants to start it at a younger age, like when you're in high school or when you just straight up don't know that many people, but you know you want to meet chicks and you know you want to be in a band you throw that person the bass or you throw them on keys or something like that. And you're like, you're not talented, but you're the one with the van. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 and yeah. We yeah. can't get to Pennsylvania unless we have a band. Right. And you might be holding us back in a lot of ways. And you might be the actual reason why we'll never make it. But you have a van. <laughs> yes. Actually. Actually, that's what yeah. the truth is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. I know. And, and then it's a, uh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's a great lesson in like, you got to show up. Like no matter how well you, if you're lucky enough to have kind of a creative gig going and you're just in the part where like you part, you put it in neutral. Cause you're like, here we go. I'm the drummer. Right. This band is traveling all around. And then you like <laughs> slack off and you start showing up late to gigs and stuff. If that group of people wants to excel past the place that you're currently at, you're out. Right. If you of don't course. contribute to the moving forward process. <clears throat> right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. It's, I, I, love, I love that John that is just like fucking beating the hell out of this guy. <laughs> he, get, he was probably this so sick of can like, barely oh, make a beat. <laughs> I, dude, you think about how popular the Beatles got and yeah. all your like, imagine if we got like, if we were popular, like Joe Rogan, just me and you. Yeah. And then we stopped. Well, uh -huh. that's not a great, cause that would be like a Lennon McCartney's, but let's say we blew up a Joe Rogan and immediately got rid of Ryan. Okay. <laughs> People would be like, oh, I heard Mike was jealous of Ryan because he was better looking. And you hear that from years and it has nothing to do with that. You know, you hear it for years right? and years and you hear it, but you knew that like Ryan was doing bad or something. You're eventually going to be like, Ryan was doing a bad job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not because you know, all the yeah, sensational. Right. I guess that's true. And it, especially when everybody wants to know every little thing about the Beatles and yeah, especially something yeah. as interesting as did you know there was another drummer before Ringo? And then you're like, Ooh, what's the story? And I love, I, yeah, I love that. John, <laughs> John was basically just like, well, fuck it. I mean, this is what, this is the truth. The guy couldn't keep a beat and he was good looking. What yeah. else do you want? Dude, Ringo so is like found somebody a who great fucking great time drummer. Who is terrible looking. <laughs> Dude, I love how like girls loved Ringo. It makes yeah. me so happy because he is like a strange looking guy. And especially yeah, back then, you know, you it's like everyone who gets crazy amounts of plastic surgery. All the beautiful people who get crazy amounts of plastic surgery at the end of the day, they kind of all look like the same person. <laughs> you like a little uniqueness every now and yeah, then. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Like, yeah. And I'm not I knocking like it at all. Nose. Think about how much air he has in his lungs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I keep me rings. <laughs> keep me rings. Dude, I, I thought Pete rugs. best like came back for one show because Ringo was sick. I mean, that's a very good possibility. I'm sure yeah. there's some kind of a transition period. My friend, <laughs> Devin, during that show. cause my friend Sweaty. Devin had a poster, a Beatles poster <laughs> and it had like all the Beatles on it, except it had Pete best. It had drummer <laughs> Pete best. And I think well, they could have taken pictures. Well, before. but the story behind it, but it was like a poster for the show. Like okay, come to okay. this show and the drummer will be Pete best. And I think the story behind it was that that was a show where Ringo was like sick and they needed someone to like fill in or whatever. But I guess I could be um, mixing it up with the Pete was sick and Ringo came in and then Ringo was like, fuck. And then they were like, fuck yeah with Ringo. 
Yeah, I mean, the way they talk about it in this documentary, it's like, you know, he kind of went missing. And I took it to mean like, you know, not obviously missing persons report. Right, right. But like, you're a good looking member of the Beatles who are gaining in popularity and you're in the red light district and you're just like doing drugs and having sex with women. And maybe you don't think playing in the cellar of like the boom, boom room is the most important thing to you at that moment. Right. Cause you're like 20 right. and you're surrounded by all these right. you know, distractions. It just point. wasn't meant to be right. tools. Um, and then they talk a lot about how. Oh wait, uh, actually, Mike. Before yeah. we go further, we should jump into the ads. Okay. Let's jump into the ads, and then we'll get back in. But um, uh, I fucking love the Beatles. <laughs> lest, lest we forget. I love the Beatles. <laughs> All right, guys, let's do some ads, huh? Do you have any really inspiring, royalty-free music to play during the ads, Steve? I can look, but mm, it might just have to come from within our hearts. Or maybe it'll come from in our minds, where we create things like websites. But how do we do that? <laughs> well, we use things like Squarespace. And that's it. <laughs> Guys, Mike Falzone has a Squarespace website. And why is that? Because it's easy. There's 24-7 support. 24 days, seven days, 24 years. <laughs> 24 all, days a year. That's all 100% correct. <laughs> no, you can call up someone at Squarespace any time of the day for any kind of question about your site, if you're having issues or what have you. And it's just an amazing place to set up uh, your, you know, maybe your e-commerce place or you want to show off your art or you want to write every day in a like a web blog or something dude maybe Um, you do all of those things and you're sick of telling people to go a million different places to find all of it that's right you set up a website and all of a sudden you got a one-stop shop and you say you know this is it there's where you find everything i do that's right and where's the easiest place to do that squarespace because there's world-class design, everything will look beautiful and modern and great because it has everything you need, all of these wonderful templates that uh, you just drag and drop. Everything's kind of drag and drop and just tap and it's very easy and it's mobile optimized so you can do it all on your phone too. Um, Come on guys, it's a no-brainer. I mean, need we say more? Go to squarespace.com slash banter for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you can use the offer code BANTER to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. (laughs) That's squarespace.com slash banter for your free trial. When you're ready to launch, you can use the offer code BANTER to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thank you, Squarespace. 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 Wrong band. Guys, you heard of features? Yes. Oh, the sock, the, the sock people. Super right? comfy, super formed to your foot socks. And, man, you don't think about socks, really, unless you do. 
And uh, <laughs> if you do, and you're not thinking about features, then <laughs> you're making a big mistake. <laughs> oh, this music's getting my blood pressure going. You ever put on socks and they maybe feel wrong or they feel like maybe they used to be good at some point and now they're just like kind of dish rags you are putting on your feet? You can get rid of all that <laughs> with feature socks that feel like they were constructed in a laboratory to mm -hmm. form fit your left and right foot specifically. Do you want socks that don't slip down when you're at a hard day's work, you know, hard day's night? Mm -hmm. I think you do because I do mm -hmm. as well. See? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Mike, it's funny that you mentioned the engineering because Features is solely focused on engineering innovative high performance socks for almost 20 years. They've created a sock with a custom like fit to prevent the issues with conventional socks such as bunching, slipping, friction and blisters. Say goodbye to all of that with Features. There's multiple cushion levels from ultra light to max cushioning for unsurpassed performance. Guys, I love slipping on some features and then putting on my walking shoes and taking a walk around the block. And it really feels like I'm treating my feet well. Like I've I'm, seen it, Steve walk around the block without shoes and just the socks. Yeah, I have because I was testing it out. You know, the quality, and I was testing it out if, uh, you know, if, if the cushion was right for me. And it certainly was. And Features had everything I needed in a sock. And there's targeted compression. The sock hugs your foot, so it keeps the sock in place. It don't slip around like other socks. Come on, guys. What are you, you're putting, you know what you're putting on your feet right now with the slipping socks slipping all around? You can't keep track of them? The Pete Best of socks. That's right. You so want to put on the George Harrison of socks. The yes. socks that you know are going to be there yes. for you throughout your journey. Yes. In so why don't, <laughs> why don't you see why Features has quickly become the number one running sock in America? For listeners of Dynamic Banter, that's this show, you can receive $10 off your first pair of Features by going to Features.com and using the code DYNAMIC. That's $10 off your first pair when you go to F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com and enter the promo code DYNAMIC at checkout. Thanks, Features. Thanks, Features. Thanks, Features. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about honey super fast. I love honey. I love saving money. I love things that rhyme with honey and money. And that's what this uh -huh. is. Mm -hmm. And listen, we all shop online. We're all guilty of it. And we've all seen that dang promo code field that's just taunting us. Hey! You don't have a code. It does sound like that. It but does. thanks to honey, you're real close. It does. And I hate it. But thanks to honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one. It finds to your cart auto magically. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online that range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Don't tell SAG. Guys, imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. 
when you check out the honey button drops down and all you got to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds as honey searches for the quapow and you watch the prices drop mike have you used honey recently to save money yeah man it's like having a friend who always carries a big purse with them filled with coupons <laughs> for whatever you could yeah. ever want. I mean, I don't want to like, uh, you know, I don't want to misrepresent <clears throat> honey and their age or gender, but it's like the, like a Nana with a big old bag of coupons, just like you said. You should have called it Nana. Nana. <laughs> we'll talk to him. Little so guys, it's not called Nana. It's called Honey. And it's found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. That's so much money. So why don't you join Mike and I and the many, many, many others that are using Honey and save some dang money while you order stuff online, all right? So if you don't already have it, you could be straight out missing up on those free savings, you kids. It's literally free and it stalls in a few seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and you're supporting this podcast. How great is that? So why don't you get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash banter. That's joinhoney.com slash banter. Great thank job, you, Sam. Honey. Thank you. Sam. And thank you to all our sponsors and thank you for your patience. Listening to us talk about all of our sponsors. Sean's chin. <laughs> Happy wedding anniversary. <clears throat> all right. Um, Thank you. Dude, you know what I love about this? We're hmm. halfway through the first page of notes. I love it. I, I love it. Dude, I, I feel like we could really, really talk a lot about the Beatles. Like, I yeah. love that we're going through you know, your, your kind of collected notes of the, his, of their history. And, and I love that there's so much to talk about in every yeah. instance of Beatle history. Why is it so interesting? I don't know, man, because, you know, just like somebody like Michael Jordan or LeBron James, it's like when you're regarded as like the, at least for a time, if not forever, the greatest band in history yeah. which is debatable you like whoever you want don't ever come at me with your opinions because i don't care but when you're <laughs> widely regarded as one of the greatest bands in human history it makes it very interesting to yeah. look back and see like what were they doing what was i doing at 18 when these guys were playing the red light district in hamburg right you know right right and you look back and forth and you're like I could have been that productive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just really interesting to see how anyone who makes a huge impact on anything, yeah. somebody who invents something, a civil rights leader, uh, uh, a famous actor, a scientist, comedian, a scientist, whatever. It's interesting to see where they were at at all different points in their career. Yeah, and the music is so good consistently throughout their entire career. I mean, there's some interest. I mean, you know, the early stuff is what it is, and a lot of people shit on the early stuff, but you know, it was it's a time caplet of the of the days of happiness and holding hands yeah. and girls and things like that when they would sing about shit like that. But they're so consistently good that you're like, man, how the fuck can one band how can four people be so consistently good and the music is so fucking good it makes you want to yeah. just like dive in and be like all right how 
Like, how did you Dude, guys do this? Yeah. Perfect transition to uh, one of the things I left out about the early part of our conversation and the thing that blew me away and kind of answers the question of like, how do such young guys get so good so fast? Yeah. Sometimes in these red light districts, they're playing for up to eight hours a day. Holy Isn't that insane? Shit. <laughs> Usually, dude, when like every night, not to compare myself Damn. to the Beatles, I'm just saying in, in today's whatever, if you're doing something every night, if you're a comedian at the top of your game doing it every night, unless you're on the road, when you're like working in LA, for example, you're doing at most 15 minutes every night. Right. That's a lot. You know, usually a couple times a night if you can, That's but one spot equals 15 minutes. Usually like I'll go around, I'll do one or two eight to 10 to 15 minute spots yeah bands you know especially when you're opening band status that's 15 20 minutes to half an hour oh like God. very rarely unless you have your own audience and you're going around do you play for like an an hour plus a night right and these guys are you know uh you know i i had a gig as a musician where i used to sit in the corner of a, a deli and play for like the lunch break into the dinner rush. Yeah. Usually for mostly no one, just background music for like hours at a time. Yeah. And here are these guys playing this like oh, skiffle, dude. I've got blood on me fingers music dude. for eight hours at a time. I mean, I didn't do anything nearly as intensive as touring like you did in your life, but I, I was in a cover bar band with Owen and my friend Isaiah, and we played every Tuesday night for like two hours and that, and that was it. Like, and I was yeah. exhausted doing that. <laughs> and it was just like cover songs to a bar crowd. And you know, the bar crowds usually love that cause they're getting drunk and shit. And, and when you're putting in the energy that me and the boys were putting into that, it was like a good time, but like it was exhausting as fuck. I can't even imagine. And were you guys practicing on top of that too? I mean, yeah, yeah. We were like, we, we had six songs that we had down like perfectly. And then every once in a while, one of the guys would come in with a song and then I, I couldn't play the guitar very well. I was just the singer. So I would do like the four chords on the guitar sometimes, right. but yeah, I mean, you know, we practice sometimes, but man, these guys made it their life and that's why they like, you know, that's why they fucking blew Dude. the fuck up. I remember being in bar cover bands with like really good musicians, but I was not, I was not towards the top. I was like middle to lower tier uh -huh. musician. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and at the bar when everybody's getting drunk, you know, people come up to you and request songs all yeah. the time. Yeah. And the drummer is always like, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> two, two, three. <laughs> and everyone with instruments is like, Chris, I don't know this. <laughs> I know the chorus and the first line of the song lyrically, like everyone in this bar does. Like just mute, palm mute the a fucking <laughs> B chord and that's it. Yeah. Just keep it going, buddy. <laughs> Dude, so let's go to 1963 is when She Loves You come right. out. Right, They have not been to the U.S. by this point, but this is the, the era of the Beatles where they're like, they're in their suits. You know, they're very, they have their look at this. Yeah, point. yeah. And there was an interesting part of the documentary where Paul was talking about the suit. And he's like, we put on the suits and finally you put on your beetle boots and you comb yeah. your hair. And there we were, <laughs> you know? And that's, I yeah. had a very specific um, 
I had this band, we put out this one EP, but it was called Mike Falzone and the Peppermint Trick. And we, it was our last ditch effort as like going at it as a band and trying to be smart about the business thing and try to like not spin our wheels and whatever. <laughs> right. And we loved the dressing alike thing. We went to um, Express for men in the mall. <laughs> right. And right. we got black dress pants and we got these <laughs> tight, like very bright button down things and these skinny ties. So you right? wanted a look. You wanted to go for your look. We loved, dude, we spent so much time being in a band where you just wear your shitty t-shirt and your baggy <laughs> jeans right. and you look like every other fucking band on the bill and no one <laughs> takes you seriously unless you're phenomenal and right. we weren't phenomenal but we had a lot of fun and we had a couple bangers yeah that's the point having a lot of fun really resonates if you're not the best but people you know you're on a show with like five different bands you know you show up and you're looking at all the bands and as an audience member, you're probably here for somebody else's band or one of your friends and you don't give a fuck about like, as an audience member, you're always talking about like, well, you guys did better than the opening band or who are those first two bands or whatever. Right. <laughs> and they're making, you know, stand up or music. As soon as you hop on the stage, they're making a judgment based on how all you guys look. Right. You know, that's just the way that's human nature. Right. So when you finally get old enough to realize that and want to use that to your advantage and we got on stage, we're all like in pretty good shape and we're like dressed, not the same, but similarly. And we all look really good. People were like, oh, these guys at least care. Yeah. And in their mind, they're like, I bet these guys practice. <laughs> if they all go to the mall and get shit and try on clothes and buy shit in their size, being 22 year old yeah, guys, they I care. bet you anything they practice. That's so funny. You're right. It's, you so, it's so funny to be able to nail who practices. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Because it could go either way, dude. If you show up and you're in a fine band, but you have an off night, like you have a bad show, but you show up and you're like in your own shitty wrestling t-shirts. Like, <laughs> right, right. You're, you're, you know your jeans smell because you've been sitting in the same position in a van for six hours. <laughs> like you could be a good band, but people see you and they make judgments upon how you're you know how you look yeah i mean we we um like we in ventura we would play in ventura and and there were thrift stores all over the that like stretch of like the boulevard um main street i guess it's called and and uh we would just go to the thrift stores and look for weird shit to wear and like every every once in a while we would be like wizards we'd all be dressed like wizards and then we'd be like come on Aline oh we didn't add yeah. wizard shit into it we were just dressed like wizards to Dude, all these drug people night. and shit yeah it's yeah. very nice and they'll remember you for I do I bet you anything people got together at Christmas from your area and they were like you remember that fucking what was the name of that band we used to go see Jack Black was the singer and they dressed like wizards <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember the Peppermint Trick was in a battle of the bands once at the Space in um, Hamden, Connecticut. Uh -huh. And for the last round, we said that it was prom. And if you were there for us, you come like in your prom shit. We all went to Goodwill and we all bought dresses. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> and it was just the best. And yeah. like, you think about the, that, that time and like you, what worries do you have? At that time, if that's like the thing you do on Friday, if you know? I want to, if I want my own car, I need to get a job <laughs> like that. Yeah. What, yeah. That's what my worry was at that time. <laughs> yeah. 
So they're doing the shit and they, you know, they're out of the red light district and they're starting to be real put together. And this is where John like emerges as the leader of this band and all the guys in the band, the other three guys really did look at him. You know, this documentary goes into detail about how specifically they saw him as the leader. And, you know, they had this, it was John's band at that time, you know? Right. And they had this thing, this really cute Beatles call and answer where he would go, where are we going, boys? Oh, yeah. And all the Beatles would go, to the top, Johnny. (laughs) Right? So they all knew, aside from just like that whole buttoned up suit thing, we wanted to be the guys who looked like we had our shit together and we practiced. Yeah. And they were those guys. And they knew that like, I don't know, it's just like the suit thing and the hair thing, it all matched up with the drive that they put into being better than everybody else. Right. It was like, if we're going to be better than everybody else, we have to act like this and we have to look like this. And then they did that. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the whole thing, right? Like everybody talks about like, what's the secret to like becoming the greatest band or like, what's the secret to becoming like a famous actor or whatever. And it's like, it's kind of (laughs) like, yeah, it's kind of like equal parts. Like, um, genetics and work ethic it's like if you you know in a lot of ways it's like if you if you're trying to be like the best band ever like you have to be ready to like work your fucking ass off and then at a at the flip of a switch be like all right guys we're tired and shit sucks but we're gonna go to the top let's go and then you go out on stage and you go she loves you yeah 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 Yeah. it's like yeah Dude, if you and, and if thing, you love that, then that comes through, and then everybody's like in love, you know, and that and that's like the magic of those boys. Yeah, and you you combine that, like at a young age, that drive to be the best. Yeah, and then the practice to be the best, and you combine that with, you know, the, uh, I have a a note here about a reporter that came up to them when they were, you know, the very beginnings of Beatlemania, and they're like, why do they? scream they're talking about the audience it's like why do you guys think they scream and paul or john is like i don't know just shake our heads and they scream yeah and what i think that is it's like it's part the universal appeal to playing to teenagers yeah who have had up until a certain point their life regimented like you're in school you know and you yeah. live in your parents house and, you and everything's very proper rules. and buttoned yeah. up and, and you're you're fucking yeah. proper and buttoned up is the perfect way to put it And everything, especially over in England, it's like everything's super, you know, everything kind of is how it is. And you're going through, um, you know, puberty and all the scientific physical things that happen to you and your chemicals inside. And you're coming out of this, you're like the older kids coming out of this prim and proper, you kind of, you're discovering that you could also start to form your set and you could like what you like. Yeah. Yeah. And begin to differentiate and break off from everything you were kind of raised to be, you know? Right. And then you're the Beatles and you're singing at the top of your lungs in these like sweaty clubs and you're like showing emotion, <laughs> like physical emotion by shaking your little head yeah. and you're sweating and you're screaming about holding girls' hands <laughs> and making them dance. And you're wearing and tight 
pants and like <laughs> yeah, you know, and just skinny ties. And, you've, and if you've got those Paul McCartney eyes, and you've got yeah. the, you know, he was such a dreamy, sleepy boy, and you know. <laughs> Paul McCartney always looked like he was sad that he had just been separated from his friends. Ooh, I just want to be in love, <laughs> and it's like when when he's all like, I just want to be in love. Like all the girls are like, I want to be in love. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's like where, where it connected so strong was that they were singing about love and all of these like buttoned up pomp and circumstance like girls were like, I want to talk about love. And everybody's like, shut the fuck up. You got work to do. And it's like, no, th these guys want to talk about love and they're cute and sleepy. <laughs> sleepy I'm in so it. sleepy. I might lay my head on a pillow. <laughs> and then Ringo's just here to have a good time. Just happy to be here. Yeah. I think they really tapped into like singing about love Cause I mean, if you really listen to a lot of those early Beatles songs, they're so fucking lovey dovey, dude. It's but so like I want to be a friend. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, I want to read yeah. books with you. <laughs> I want to have a conversation with you. It's like if you were if you if you could create a band right now that was made up of like little Justin Bieber's and they all sung about wokeness and like. Pro correct pronouns and like a bunch of like stuff like that. I feel mm. like they would blow the fuck up. Like, I think it's I just mean, that's connecting even, to the zeitgeist. It's connecting to the zeitgeist, but it's also connecting to the, the age group that thinks like that. Right. You know, when you're like fucking a younger teenager and like, I think about all the songs that I wrote at that time were all about like, why don't I have a girlfriend? Right. That's it. <laughs> Right. You know, before I even knew about any kind of social right. issues, I was like, why don't I specifically have a girlfriend? Right. Yeah. And, and it when was I, a breath. Right. Right. And whenever I <laughs> attempted to write like a song, it would always start there. Like, why? Like, yeah. why don't I have a girlfriend? I want a girlfriend. And it's so yeah. it's so inherently in your like teenage soul. And the Beatles are like, you know, you, you could get a girlfriend if you look sleepy and you sing songs yeah. but you know? imagine having those thoughts with like three of the best musicians you know and like this is how exactly. we can come together to to transmit those thoughts exactly right. to who wants to hear them in the best way possible right right and that was the beatles for yeah. a long time so listen we're at Let's the hour off there yeah we're at the hour mark so we should we should wrap it up but we hope you guys are enjoying us gush about the Beatles. And I really love that. Like, you know, in the early days of dynamic banter, I would like pull up all these Wikipedia articles and be like, Mike, here's the history of like this. And I love that we've kind of switched roles a little bit here. And you're the one with like your notes and your history and stuff. I, I'm liking it, Mike. It's a good, it's a good, uh, Dude, I had such a bit. great time. You give me something I'm interested in, and I'll work on it all day. But ask me <laughs> to pass fucking high school algebra, and I'll tell you to eat dicks through a stick. Exactly. Uh, do you want to do one history road just to stay consistent and um, be out? I would love to. Actually, yeah, let's do it. Let's do one history road. Um, Maybe we can find a short one. And I got next like week, a yeah. I got like a hard drive is gonna be full message a second ago. Oh. Yeah. So let's just do a quick one, and then <laughs> you know I'll clean out my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry it up. It's 
Let's speed up, speed it up. Okay, we got a quick history road from Thomas Gentile. And don't look quick, but I'll get through it as quick as I can. <laughs> Thomas Gentile, or Tom Gentile. Hello, boy and Mike. My name is Thomas Gentile, but you can call me Thomas Genitals. I've been trying to get this email on the show for quite some time. I'm a 19-year-old boy from central New York, and I have a tale of an old personal attempt at a funny little dynamic quip. Two years ago, I was in high school, and three of my friends and I were volunteering at one of my school's fine arts solo festivals, humble brag, and my friend Cole brought his girlfriend of almost three years to talk with us for a few minutes. They were talking about our good friend slash bad friend James, not present, for several seconds until Cole turned to me and asked, what's James' sister's name? It's on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't think of it. After a state of confusion, I blurted out the answer, Jill. Cole then proceeded to throw out the perfect bait as he said, Oh yeah, James and Jill. In which I replied, James and Jill is my favorite Adam Sandler movie. To my <laughs> surprise, I had succeeded, and everyone at our volunteer booth laughed. That's nice. Everyone except Cole's girlfriend, <laughs> whose face drooped, and once the laughter died down, said, I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, it just goes to show you, some people are just never going to get it. <laughs> they broke up a week later. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Is what Thomas says. And he that's says, thanks for all the years of tears of laughter. I tried to show my high school friends the E.T. and address video and not a single laugh. I know Mike's response to this will probably be those aren't your your friends. <laughs> and to that, you'd be right. I've, <laughs> I've got new friends now, except for Cole. Cole's still here. Cole's cool. Nonetheless, no two people can make me laugh nearly as much as you guys. Mary Banter Thomas. That's goddamn honor, Thomas. Thank you Thank for you, being Thomas. here. And uh, we'll be here with you next week. Do you want to do more Beatles stuff next week? How yeah, you work yeah. This? Yeah, let's. All right, let's... Well, we'll be back next week with fucking 1964. And... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. 19... Oh, we're going into the into 64. In 1964, which is when the Beatles come to America for the first time. So we'll get the tail end of them. Nice. Over there in English town. They come over to America. Bunch of fun uh, uh, celebrities show up in that documentary. Mm. Dude, um, mm. documentary <laughs> stuff aside, I am... You writing stuff down, that whole thing makes me real happy. Because oh, I know good. that it makes me feel... Puts my mind at ease. It did this morning, dude. I had all these... I woke up with all these feelings and I, I wrote... So it's almost like we were writing at the same time. I love that, Mike. I, I really have come, to stick to it. I need to stick yeah. to it. I'm going to come drop you off a notebook. Please, right please. I would love that. Um, dude, I love that. Things are serendipitous in these in these uncertain times, and I like that. And, and you know, skewing things in the positive is always a good thing. Um, I want to leave the audience with this. Since we're doing these Beatles episodes... 
Um, it would be awesome if you guys have some Beatles centric history roads. Yeah. Like, do you have a relative that saw the Beatles and they told you all about it or, or, um, you know, do you, what's your Beatles story? You know, I'm sure there's all sorts of shit out there. Um, did you guys meet Paul McCartney? You know, like whatever, whatever you got, we would love it in the history roads. So please send those to dynamic banter at gmail.com and hopefully we'll get to those. Cause that would be really fun to get your guys Beatles stories too. Yeah. And if you kind of want to watch what has guided these notes and kind of go along with it at the same time, it's the on Hulu eight days a week. Um, the Ron Howard Beatles documentary about the nice. 20 years. Not sponsored. All right. Thanks everybody for <laughs> listening to the show and we'll catch you next time on. <laughs> that was a hit gum podcast.